to have him. And also um, this morning I invited him to talk about um, how to deal with fear. So that is a title today for the talk. I just gave it. of my talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew this Sources of fear. 
greed and anger. When you, as he mentioned earlier in his uh, guided meditation, if we feel that we are friendly, we send metta, loving friendliness towards ourselves as well as to others, share our friendly feelings, that would minimize, weaken our fear. For instance, uh, in this crowd, if each and every one of you feels everyone sitting behind you, everyone sitting in front of you, everyone sitting on your sides, is your friend, you feel secure. You, are, you feel protected because you are sitting among friends. Every friend is protecting you. You don't know, you don't think, even for a fraction of a second, that your friend is going to betray you, hurt you. So you feel friends are there to give you solace, comfort and protection. Just no friend likes to hurt their friends if they are friends. Friends always like to give their comfort in their time of despair, in their time of fear, tension, anxiety, worry. That is how friends behave. When we feel that we are protected, friends are there to help us, we have no fear. Fear arises when you feel that you are among some hostile people, enemies. You always feel insecure. You are on their nerves. You don't know what time of your enemy will attack you hurt you, insult you, take your life away, take your property away, and deprive of your own pleasure, joy, comfort. But when you are among friends, you feel secure. So where does that come from? <coughs> that sense of security, sense of protection, where does it come from? It comes from within. You cultivate friendliness within yourself. Not only you feel everybody else around you is your friend, but you like to be friendly with them. 
you like to be a friend of others, then there is a mutual friendship, mutual bondage, mutual protection, safety, security, all we share. And also we share our friendly feelings in a very altruistic way without expecting anything in return. <laughs> that is a wonderful way of establishing friendship. If you develop your friendship, expecting something in return from your friends, then you might sometimes be disappointed because your friend might not be able to fulfill your desire due to various circumstantial factors your friend might not be act in a way you expect the friend to act due to unavoidable situation, situation beyond their control. And then you will be disappointed. If you become friendly with others just for the sake of being friendly, to relax your mind, to relax yourself, to enjoy peace of being friendly, then even if your friends could not fulfill your intended purpose, you will not feel betrayed. You still feel secure. It comes from your own heart. So friendliness is something that we develop within ourselves in order to overcome the fear. Where does the fear come from? Fear doesn't come from outside. No fear can come from outside. Fear also arises in our mind. So it is our responsibility to develop our own mind, to make it clean and free from hostility. <coughs> because you know everything comes out of our mind, from our mind. Everything arises from the mind. Mind is the master. Mind is the maker. Mind is the creator. If with impure, unclear state of mind, we think, speak and act unwholesome, unfriendly, painful results follow us like the cart wheel follows the hoofs of the ox that pulls the cart. <laughs> this is very beautiful simile that we find in the first stanza of the Dhammapada. I like this simile. <coughs> 
I like this simile because it conveys very profound message. Suppose there is a ox or bull pulls a cart. The bull has not volunteered to pull the cart. He was forced. He was not there on his own. Reluctantly, he was brought and tied to the yoke. The driver of the cart is not a very compassionate person. He is working under pressure and obligation to deliver certain merchandise to some place. The cart is not empty cart. It is full of merchandise, heavy. The road that the bull has to pull the cart is not paved road, rugged, rough, with puddles, ups and downs. He has to pull this cart, not with pleasure, but with pain. Similarly, <coughs> if the mind is full of greed, hatred, delusion, whatever we do with that state of mind would be very, very heavy, like the cart full of merchandise that bull pulls. On the other hand, when the mind is clean, pure, free from greed, hatred and delusion, even temporarily, during that time when we think, say or do something, Trishas follow us like our own shadow, which we will never feel. Nobody feels one's own shadow so light. So the life becomes light. We call attainment in our practice called enlightenment. Enlightenment in the way that life becomes light, no heavy. Because the mind is free from burden. So, friends, we create our fear and we are responsible of liberating ourselves from that fear. To get rid of that fear, we must learn slowly and gradually to reduce our anger and intense clinging, intense attachment. 
we attach to not only external various material things, we attach to ourselves, our own body, mind, feelings, perceptions, thoughts and consciousness. We attach to them. We attach to them because unwisely we think this body is going to be like this forever. This body is not going to be like this forever. Never the body remains the same for even two consecutive moments. Body is changing. If we insightfully look at our own body, we understand this reality. The purpose of understanding this reality is not to run away from the body. What can we do? If the body is not the same all the time, what should I, what should we do? What can we do? No matter how much cosmetic we use, how much plastic surgery we do, how much we replace various worn-out parts, body continues to be the way it is. There's no way, nobody has discovered any method through science and technology to make the body to be otherwise. <coughs> so what is the use of knowing, what is the use of this knowledge of knowing the body as it is constantly changing? impermanent. The purpose is not to run away from the body, we have to run away. We have to live it, in it, live in it all our life. So the purpose is to accept it. Friends, accepting reality is the best remedy to our Fear. Although we are attached to the body, knowing that it is not what we want it to be, so we accept it. Imperfections of the body, imperfections of our health, imperfections of our perceptions, feelings, continuous changes we accept. When we accept, we can go along with it every day until we breathe our last breath. Every day we are with our body, knowing what it is, what is happening to it. So this is one way of dealing with fear accepting reality all the time, looking at it, because we have fear of losing our body, losing our health, losing our appearance, losing our age, 
youthful affairs, our strength. He goes every day. I know that for sure. <laughs> because it has happened to me. <laughs> for the last, uh, I don't know how I felt when I was an infant, but since I began to feel and think, I think at least out of my 85 years, at least uh, 80 years, I have gone through all this. I thought <coughs> old age happened to somebody else over there. <laughs> it will never happen to me. Losing youthful appearance is their problem. Never happened to me. Losing health, I'm so strong and healthy, I would never fall sick. But it gave me a surprise last year. Two heart attacks. After last one, ended up in the hospital and had double bypass. Three days before the first heart attack, I was in Ottawa walking with two other young monks and we saw a man walking 50 feet ahead of us, tall man walking like a marathon walker. I told my friends, you know, in the past I never let somebody walk in front of me like this. <laughs> I I pass it and walk. Let us try. We walked. Put him fifty feet behind us. Three days later I had a heart attack. You <laughs> see? This body <coughs> has its own agenda. <laughs> Mind has its own agenda. Mind thinks this body is my friend. This body would do whatever I want to want it to do for me. Body would never listen. <laughs> body betrays the mind. Mind in mind, I'm very young. Young in heart. That's what we say. Body never. <coughs> so, <coughs> we must be sensible, we must be wise, we to accept the reality. <coughs> that is exactly what we try to do in our meditation practice. Every time we meditate, friends, everybody invariably experiences what is happening to the body and mind. And we learn to go along with it. Of course, wherever possible we try to make some amendments, 
adjustments, corrections, as far as we can, but never never should we expect it to be permanent, the way we want it to be. It's changing. Every time we meditate like these friends, we lose our fear little bit. We reduce our fear little bit. You know, <coughs> when I went my, for my heart surgery in Johns Hopkins Hospital, cardiologist and uh, anesthesiologist came and asked me to sign the paper to get my consent. I told them, Doctor, I have been meditating on death since 1947. <laughs> 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 and if I die on the operation table, you should not feel bad about it. <laughs> I consult the doctors. Because I have this experience of uh, how this body functions. Every night I go to bed meditating on death. People are scared of death. Nobody even likes to talk about it. Nobody likes to talk about death. But can we stop it? People say, I don't mind dying, but I don't want to be alone after death. <laughs> they want to go, go with somebody <coughs> to the next life. So, when we meditate, especially when we do vipassana meditation, inside meditation, we see this reality. Every fraction of a second things are wearing out of our body. Things are changing. And we go along with that. Even when we face death, we would be ready to accept it. So, to overcome fear, friends, we always, always be 100% sincere and honest. We don't try to cheat ourselves. Whom are we going to cheat? But ourselves. And we must be honest, sincere, to accept our reality. That is one way of overcoming fear. Of all fears, the greatest fear is fear of death, fear of losing our youth, fear of losing our health. Losing any some material things is not that much a loss. A loss is our health, youthfulness and life. By being afraid of 
losing them we cannot stop them. So honestly we accept not to be very pessimistic. Sometimes when we say this sort of thing, people say we are too pessimistic. There's nothing pessimism, pessimism or optimism in it. This is a realistic way of looking at it. We always, as I mentioned last evening, we must learn to accept reality, accept the truth and enjoy the taste of truth. <laughs> taste of truth is the sweetest of all other tastes. Taste of truth. <coughs> that gives us confidence, trust and remove our fear of any other sort. Second cause of fear is anger, hatred. Because when we have hatred, we don't know <coughs> what time unpleasant word escapes our lips by which we create hostile environment. So that is why we want to practice loving friendliness to overcome our anger. To overcome the fear of youth, health and so forth, we practice mindfulness of impermanence. Impermanence. We have to be mindful of it, of this reality, inevitable reality. In order to overcome anger from which fear arises, we have to practice loving friendliness meditation. When we practice that, we relax, our body and mind relax, <coughs> and inwardly we feel peace and comfort. Without any expectation, we must share our friendly feelings with others. Just like in mindfulness meditation, for mindfulness meditation there is no time, place or particular object. Because anytime, any place, any object, you find the same thing. Every object we use for vipassana, for mindfulness meditation, is very clearly marked with impermanence. Therefore, no matter what subject we take, we see impermanence there. In uh, practicing loving friendliness, there is no time, place, or particular situation. Any time, any place, in any situation, we can practice loving friendliness. We just learn to be friendly. 
very Friendliness we practice not only in thoughts, that is the easiest thing most people find to practice living friendliness, sitting in one place on a cushion. Out of cushion, they don't think of practicing living friendliness. The Buddha's advice is whether we are sitting, standing, walking, lying down, or whenever awake, practice loving friendliness in thoughts, words, and deeds. Repeating these words, sitting on a cushion, is very easy. Even that is very difficult for some people. Once I was invited by a woman in Poland to conduct a retreat. She asked me, what kind of meditation do I teach? I said, I teach uh, Vipassana meditation, I teach Jhana meditation, uh, I teach meditation on death awareness and so forth. Then she asked me, do you teach uh, metta meditation? Living friendliness meditation? I said, yes. She said, I hate metta. <laughs> I hate metta meditation. Let me know, practicing it, even the subject she hates. <laughs> and then I went and conducted metta meditation for ten days. <laughs> She was sitting there. At the end, to my very pleasant surprise, she liked it very much. <laughs> Friends, it is ignorance. Ignorance of wonderful, wholesome things that people are afraid of. Anyway, when we practice metta or living friendliness meditation, it is not limited to words. Some people even are afraid of that. Because they don't know. They don't know how to do it, what it does to us. They don't know. We practice metta in three levels. <coughs> First, Verbal levels. We recite words. Not like reciting a mantra, but with full meaning we recite it. And then we think about it. While reciting, we think. Think how beautiful, wonderful. It is because we experience the benefit of metta while we are reciting it. And then we see the benefit and we think about it. And the third and most effective level is a feeling level. We have to feel metta in our heart, in our mind. We feel the impact of metta on our body. 
because when we practice metta, loving friendliness, <coughs> it relaxes our body and mind and it uh, stimulates our brain to produce positive hormones which would be circulated around the body through blood circulation. And every every tiny little part of our body, every cell in our body would be charged with these thoughts, with this chemistry of our body. And then we feel it. We feel the presentness. That is how it expresses through our face. When you are angry, everybody knows. Look at, look in the mirror when you are angry. How beautiful you are. (laughs) (laughs) Any beautiful person looks very ugly because of anger. Why? Negative hormone is produced and distributed, discharged, circulated all over our body. Every cell is charged with negative hormone and it expresses through our face. When you are full of metta loving friendliness, with all these positive hormones distributed all over the body and mind, discharged in your every cell in your body, it expresses through your face. Look in the mirror with metta. You love yourself, don't love everybody else, just love yourself and look in the mirror. You are beautiful. Through the real beauty appears from our heart and mind, through the real practice. You feel everybody is friendly, wherever you go, every word you speak to anybody is coming from friendly feelings. You have no ulterior motive to hurt somebody, insult somebody. Your motive is, it is motivated with uh, friendliness with good intention and you can feel comfortable. So you feel so relaxed that you don't feel any fear. <coughs> I think, friends, I attempted to answer your question or your subject you Get me now as of as how to overcome fear, how to deal with fear. Friends, these words I expressed with uh, my personal experience that I have <coughs> encountered in many situations, many sometimes very hostile situations. <coughs> I have been able to be comfortable. I have more than 
one reason to be afraid of, but I have never had any fear of facing anybody anywhere in the world, wherever I travel, wherever I live, because I personally like to practice these two aspects, not clinging to this body and practicing metta to get rid of my anger. And both of them have worked for me beautifully, handsomely well. <laughs> and therefore, from my personal experience, I, I, I like to suggest that all of us, without any exception, practice this and enjoy the benefit of metta practice. I think this may be enough. <laughs> so thank you, thank you, Bhanteji, and uh, he gave a great Dhamma talk. Uh, we all are grateful. Um, so our time is passed. So after this, we have book signing. Bhante is available. Maybe another 45 minutes uh, at the temple. Um, so now today, three people are going to talk about Bhante's book and.